Quiet on set. Picture is up. All right, roll sound. Rolling. Roll cameras. Cams rolling. And three, two. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Good morning, and welcome back to Hank's Think Tank. It's the first show of the year. I'm excited about it. We've got a great guest in here today. His name is Billy Graff, and he is running for Montgomery County Judge. But before we begin, I want to give a thank you to our sponsor, FD Tactics. They are the source for embroidery, screen printing, and first responder uniforms. Thanks a bunch, guys. We appreciate having you aboard. All right, Mr. Graff. Uh, before I begin, I just want to give a quick bio so everybody knows who you are and, and uh, kind of where you're coming from. You are a Montgomery County resident. Is that lifelong? No, sir. I've been there about five years. Five years. Okay, that's a good long time. And you spent four years in the United States Marine Corps? I did. Fantastic. Married with three grown children and six grandchildren. It's exciting. <laughs> and, a, and a heck of a Christmas bill, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. And you hold both a master's and a PhD, but I didn't find out in what? Theology. In the Oh, yes, sir. wow, that's got to be cool. We'll yeah. have to have some discussions Absolutely. After, after the sure. show. Okay. And I know that you've received two congressional recognition certificates for disaster relief in multiple counties. Which right. counties were those? Orange mm -hmm. and Hardin. Orange and Hardin. Yes, sir. Okay. I've, we spent about three years down there in the Golden Triangle after Hurricane Harvey and uh, wow. helped those guys a lot. Yeah, I'll bet. Also, you're the executive director of Montgomery County Podcast, which is a good show. It's up and coming, and uh, they got good production. Guys, check that show out. Montgomery County podcast. So if you want to see a lot of good information about what's going on in Montgomery County, about elections, things like that, that's the show to go to. So I highly recommend it. Check it out. And you recently re uh, hosted a congressional candidate debate for the District 8 candidates in which all 10 candidates were present. And uh, that was another really great show. And it was that was a, a heck of a Heck of a deal to put on. It was. It so was. It had to be tough. It was tough. It, we had some great partners with Grace Church and many of their uh, their professional staff helped mm -hmm. worked with that program. Okay. It, it was kind of really impressive. I woke up one day and said, "Hey, I have this idea." I talked with my partner Bill Brenza, and we said, "Let's do it." And we called. We just began to call all these new candidates who did nobody knew who they were. I said, "Hey, guys, I had this great idea." If you don't do it, you're going to miss out. And, man, we got all of them to show up. That's crazy. And that it, was held at the church, correct? Yes. Because I couldn't tell looking where the venue was for sure, but that was a big venue. Big venue. Put off really professionally. Had hundred, hundreds and hun hundreds of um, attenders. Really? Uh, yeah, it was great. And when, when was that? Uh, I want to say end of September, maybe first part of October, wow. somewhere in there. I mean, it, it was before everything really got going. It was early in the yeah. process. And uh, it, it was really it was really the springboard for every one of these candidates. It was their first opportunity to to speak in front of a live audience and to really begin to really focus on their message. Yeah, and find out who they are. Exactly, exactly. Candidates. A lot of them used they. A lot of the candidates actually used it for training classes for themselves. What I mess up? How can I do better? Sure. And so it was great. It was a fun thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, you're the founder of the iConnect Outreach Program, and that started in 2008. Yes, Tell sir. us a little bit about iConnect. Well, iConnect Outreach is a nonprofit organization that we began back in 2008, as you said. 
Uh, I was actually pastoring a church in Galveston when Hurricane Ike came through back in 2008. And upon the completion of the flood, there just wasn't anything left of our church. So we started just helping the neighbors. And the next thing, people started showing up. They found out I was doing some things. And next thing I know, I've got hundreds of projects going on and thousands of volunteers. And uh, iConnect Outreach kind of was birthed out of a, a disaster. Wow. And, so, and it's still ongoing today, correct? We're, this, is thir- uh, this will be our 13th year. Wow, yes, sir. That's a good long time. Yes, sir. And why the name iConnect? At the time, uh, I personally wanted to connect to the hurting people of the community, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like a good way to, to really say what I, I, feel, I was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. How can I connect to your hurts, and how can I connect to your need and find ways to bring you back and give you hope? Well, I like it. So That's great. All right, so you're running for Montgomery County Judge. Yes, sir. And your opponents are Mark Kehoe, who is the incumbent, and Sarah Countryman. Correct. What made you decide to run for Montgomery County Judge? Being that there are so many ways that you could have gone, and you obviously mm-hmm. could have qualified for a lot of different positions. Yes. So why did you... How to how lock in on that one? Yeah. Really, a, a couple of things, uh, Hank. One, I really felt like 2020 was was a difficult year for all of us. We had the pandemic, and there were a lot of things going on throughout the country, but there were also decisions that were being made in our county. Uh, first, that I, I felt was reasonable, but then there were some decisions that I felt were unconstitutionally unreasonable, and I saw so many of my friends, businesses, and families being hurt by some of the the decisions that were being made at the county level and I just couldn't sit back and say it's okay and so we we threw our name in the hat one because we want to protect the citizens rights and liberties here in, in Montgomery County but also I want to I want us to do a better job at spending the taxpayer dollars there's a lot of things getting ready to come up in this county big dollars infrastructure oh, yeah. and we're going to talk about some of those things later I think uh, but the way we operate right now on an executive level is not the way I believe we need to be functioning as a county for the sake of the citizens and the taxpayers. And so I'm, I'm running to bring fiscal transparency back into our county, to bring integrity back into our county. I would like to see a, a county court system where people actually trust the leadership. And so I want to bring honesty back into the commissioner's court. That's great. Yes, sir. Fantastic. So that's that's a good reason. Okay. So, um, and that kind of actually just dives right into my next question. Okay. What do you see as the largest issue that Montgomery County faces in the next few years? Easy question, Hank. Thanks for asking. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's called infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, we have thousands and tens of thousands of acres under development right now, or what I call pre-development processes. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow all of those property owners, future property owners, are going to need roads to get in and out and to get around this county. They're going to need water. They're going to need utilities. They're going to need drainage. Uh, I'm really concerned about, especially over here in this part of the county, Mm -hmm. here in East County, I'm very concerned about flood mitigation. And a lot of these developments are being built up high, which they should be. Right. Because we've learned some things in the last five years about water movement. But... At the same time, a lot of the lower or these earlier built subdivisions are, are going to, I'm afraid, 
Uh, they're going to take the brunt of what's going to happen when the water m leaves these big tall districts and moves into these older subdivisions. And so flood mitigation, I believe, is going to be one of our bigger problems, at least especially on this side of the town. Mm -hmm. But the road construction and just infrastructure over the next 10 years is going to be the largest challenge that we have in Montgomery County. Do you think that we should entertain the thought of putting together a flood control district for Mont Montgomery County? You know, I've looked into some of those those ideas. Um, I think it's something that we could talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if it's the right answer at this point in time, but I definitely would like to talk to the right people mm -hmm. and and find out more about what it could do for us as a as a tax paying entity and see if it is a valuable direction. Um, I, I, I'm a limited government. I'm a limited government guy, okay. and so creating more tax taxing agencies is. Um, not typically what I'm interested in doing. Um, if there are some ways that we can create some some better ways of managing problems that we have and it not uh, fall on the, on the backs of the taxpayers, mm -hmm. I definitely want to look at those things. Um, Absolutely. So. I think there came a time in, that Harris County realized they were going to have to pass it to a flood control district mm -hmm. just because county commissioners and such couldn't do it anymore. Right. You know, their right. growth was just overwhelming. Right. And I'm wondering if we're going to be faced with the same thing here, because we already have overwhelming growth, at least in East County. I don't know how it is in Conroe and that area. It's everywhere. There. It's it's but, across the county. Um, in the last two months, I have crisscrossed this county from north, south, east to west. Right. And I'm seeing the same issues throughout our county. Growth, 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 thousands mm -hmm. and thousands of acres of, of growth. And um, I think I think East County is probably at the top of the list right now. Mm -hmm. for activity and so is we're going to have to do something um i don't know if the commissioners can handle it or not and so yeah. uh, but maybe maybe we just need some different commissioners okay if you're elected how will you how will you better assist the needs of our area municipalities um with respect to infrastructure and such mm -hmm. being that they're independent even though they're still within the county right but they're independent Mm -hmm. I mean, how would you work with them to assist them in, in putting things together? And let me just give you a, an example. Right. Um, I know that when it floods out here, mm -hmm. Roman Forest, the city of Roman Forest, gets right. cut off on their main drag going in, Roman mm -hmm. Forest Boulevard. Yes, sir. And on the backside on Tram Road. So they're in dire need now and have right. been for a long time. Mm -hmm. So do you have any ideas on how you would assist them and? and quelling problems like that and, and, and looking toward the future and sure. facing their own growth issues? Absolutely. I think, I think it would be uh, a new idea in our county for the county leadership to spend more time getting to know what's going on in these small municipalities. Uh, obviously, the municipalities have, have directives and statutory requirements, as does the county. Mm -hmm. And in those areas where the statutory situation does not conflict with partnerships, I think we should we should definitely be entertaining possibilities of, of partnerships. I think we should be working together as best we can to cross-pollinate expenses and share expenses. Uh, at the end of the day, the county is supposed to be a service organization to the people of the county. And it doesn't always operate that way. And it's, it's not a unique problem here in Montgomery County. It's, it's a statewide problem. But I would love the opportunity to, to change that attitude and to change that direction and, and really take the leadership at the county level, partner with where we can, 
the leadership at the municipal area and see how we can make life better for all the, the communities. Okay. Now, how that would work, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I have been talking to different mayors around the county, so I'm getting some ideas. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity of building some new relationships and partnerships. Yeah, it sounds like it would just take some workshops. That's you know. what I think. Yeah, let's all get let's all get in a big room and let's 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 brainstorm how we can sure. help one another. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts uh, concerning <clears throat> traffic created by development projects? There's some big development projects out here that have created, especially like for us, mm-hmm. a traffic nightmare. And uh, now we we're located just off North Tram Road. Okay. And which is off 2090 West East East. And mm-hmm. so. Three about three from three o'clock p.m. to five o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. from our street light out here at, at Tram Road mm-hmm. all the way back to fifty nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an hour to get through, right? And a lot of that is created from you know these larger development projects Absolutely. that are east of here. So, any ideas on how you would try to solve those problems? Because I mean it. You know, there's not a whole lot of thoroughfares to get back mm-hmm. to where they need to go. Right. And 2090 is basically the main drag going through there. Right. Yeah, that area, That area. actually, I was in that area this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be some problems. We're going to have some problems. That big Artavia over there, mm-hmm. it's crisscrossing 1485 and 242 and 1314. It's so big, it's yeah. just hitting all those. And we have the same problem there, too. It's the same problem. We're, we're building living facility areas communities without infrastructure yet and that's going to be a real challenge to the commissioners because we're already behind Mm -hmm. and the commissioners need to get their act together and we need to we need to either slow down the construction process and kind of catch up or we need to come up with another solution but right now we're building communities faster than roads are being built Right. And that is going to disrupt the population that we already have. And I think that's incorrect. I think that's an incorrect process. Right. And it brings up concerns again, you know, about disasters and, and, and issues that we mm-hmm. may face in the summertime. You Absolutely. know, where we need to get people out of here or evacuations and things like that. Yeah. I, and you know, so it's concerning. Yeah. And I, I, I'm very concerned about flooding. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been I've been around floods for 20 years. That's what I right. do. And the things that happen to people in the midst of flooding is horrendous. It's terrible. And uh, if we create avenues for flooding by not doing our jobs properly or not requiring uh, developments to do certain things to protect the existing infrastructure, then I think we're not doing our job as, as county leaders and county engineering departments. We need to take into account every subdivision, every uh, every person that's already living here, as we bring new people in, we need to not forget the people that have been here. Right. And when we create and design these things, we need to make sure that we take into account the proper amount of floodwaters and drainage waters. That, uh, And if that means we need more retention ponds, if that means we need more uh, ditches that are built differently, almost like canal, whatever we need to do, mm-hmm. we need to re-engineer some things, I think, right. and, and get on top of it right now. Yeah, I think eventually we're going to have to cut some big bios through here like, Absolutely. like Houston did. It's going there's to have there's to no happen. doubt it's going to have to happen. We, yeah. we need to do it now before right. it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And the strange thing about it is, is where would you do that? If you look at Montgomery County from a bird's eye view, 
Man, that would that <laughs> they'd, they'd be snake. To, yeah. It'd be a snake. <laughs> yeah, it would, me, it would just meander through the entire county. Exactly. Same with the roads. Okay, so um, in some of your videos that I've watched, I, I heard that you discuss zero-based budgeting. Yes. And I like that concept. I like the idea. Mm -hmm. And so can you give me some examples of wasteful spending and, and how zero-based budgeting would curtail that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> there's there's funds in our in what we call our road and bridge funds, for instance. Mm -hmm. Each of the commissioners have road and bridge funds. Um, much of that money is not actually designated for specific things throughout the year okay it's more of a floating a floating needs fund um if if you're doing zero based budgeting every everything within those budgets within a specific space has to be budgeted for we need to know what it what we're going to spend money on instead of just having a uh, for the lack of a better word a slush group a slush fund mm -hmm. where you can do with it what you want you can buy cars with it or you can fix roads with it or you can give yourself uh raises with it mm -hmm. uh, it's locked into in, in church life we call it undesignated money okay all right and i don't think that we should have much undesignated money except the one uh the one pot that we're supposed to have constitutionally and statutorily in the county uh, our contingency fund is there for emergencies and and to fill in the gaps when when things happen emergencies and things but as far as these different departments and all that, zero-based budgeting means every single manager must justify the expenditures for that year. Right now, we don't justify near enough of our expenditures. And zero-based budgeting basically says, when I sit down, I've got a blank piece of paper. I'm going to have this much money to spend, and I need to spend in all these different categories on my budget. And I got to put a real number in there, not based on last year, as far as I got this much. If I spend it, I get the same. Right. It's this is what we're going to do. We have to plan. And when you sit down and you plan and you budget and you're accountable, all of a sudden we manage differently in the business world. Mm -hmm. And so for me, zero best budgeting is just one tool that that forces all of our leaders and department heads to know what they're going to spend money on and tell the tell the taxpayers this is what i'm going to spend money on and we can hold them accountable to that i like it that's great yes sir okay in order to face growth projections how can you assist the esds or emergency service districts in procuring revenue mm -hmm. that will be required for them in order to maintain optimal service levels this is another thing that kind of concerns me is that the ESDs, though though they're funded okay right now, mm -hmm. as we experience this explosive growth and we experience the compaction of right. of individuals in certain areas, I, I get concerned about their service levels and where they'll yeah. be able to maintain those right. with their current amount of money. So any ideas on where that money might come from? It's going to come from the taxpayers eventually, mm -hmm. and uh, they are—they're independent taxing agencies. Right now, they don't want to—they have some statutory uh, rules and regulations they have to follow. Also, mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to raise taxes. I sure am an anti-tax guy, and I, I really want to find ways to lower our tax base. Um, and so, they're going to have to build some new stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. we're—we're there's no way we can keep up. Right. And I don't like the idea of, of raising taxes. They may have to for the sake of just that particular area to meet the, the new needs that they have. Um, 
we need to look at how the state can help us. We need to look at how, how funding might be available through the federal government, through grants and some other things to build some infrastructure. There are a lot of outlets out there. The challenge, I think, is having people in the right positions to research and find those partnerships. Right. Um, how about some private-public partnerships? Not borrowing money, but uh, local businesses, large corporations that are coming into our area how about if they help partner with us financially to get some of that infrastructure in so that they can do the things they do in business and we can do what we do for the people? Uh, I think that's a conversation that we could also have. Okay. It's kind of unique. It's a unique idea. It, it is a unique idea. And this next question I have is another unique idea. You had mentioned just in your statement a minute ago, cross-pollinization. Mm -hmm. And I also uh, watched another video that you did. Uh, where you talked about cross-pollinization of maybe equipment materials. Mm -hmm. um, can you provide an example of this concept? Uh, absolutely. It, at the county level, they usually, I used, I like the word cross-pollinization because I think it communicates to a lot of people better, but um, a unitized style of, mm -hmm. of um, communication. And so when we, when we look at Fort Bend, for instance, Fort Bend has this kind of process. Okay. They they have a uh, basically a road and bridge commissioner, and that commissioner is responsible for all the road and bridge processes throughout their county, and they are able to essentially do that cross pollinization because it's in one big box, whereas we have it in four boxes. So each one of our precincts has all their own. They have their own infrastructure they right. have their own equipment they have their own dirt their own asphalt they have their own rocks and uh, uh, wouldn't it be great if we didn't need to buy as many pieces of equipment times four every time and it sits in this it sits in this warehouse because but this one guy could be using it over here and mm -hmm. this, we use it half the time this guy uses it half the time well you know what if we kept that baby working 12 months out of the year versus four or five for each right. group and so i think there's some some good conversation just to talk about some different ways to again that's a way to lower our cost of doing business and maximize the tools that we have and and prepare for all the costs that are going to happen when we get into actual transportation problems in the future yeah infrastructure problems <clears throat> Yeah, and we're there. And we're there. Oh, we're past. Yeah, we're yesterday. 10 years behind. Yeah. We're 10 years yeah, that behind. Was, that was yesterday. Yeah. We've got thousands of acres right now getting ready to start building mm -hmm. houses in 2022, 2023, and the roads aren't even built yet. Wow. To get in and out. Hmm. And I'm not so hearing much be, conversation about it. Can that be put back off on the developer? Can we say, okay, if you want to develop this project, then you're going to need to build roads in oh absolutely you know i i develop, i did a development back in the 90s mm -hmm. and uh, i worked with a county and uh, the water the local water supplier and they said well when you finish all your roads to my specs and you get your water lines in to my specs then we'll maintain them when you're done mm -hmm. uh, they didn't give me any money to build roads <laughs> and they didn't right. give me any money to, to, to buy pipe and to pull pipe. You know, the, we look, we do things very different on these big communities. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's a, a different level of participation and partnershiping that we can do with developers and, and share those costs 
in a in a much more effective and efficient way. Okay. So fantastic. It's you have to have a different mindset. There you go. And I think our county leadership needs a different mindset. Ergo, I'm running for county judge. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so one more question. All right. What you got? How can the voters of Montgomery County get a little bit more information about Billy Graff? They can go to Billy for the number four Texas.com. They can go there. Uh, they can also go to our Facebook page, Billy Graff for Montgomery County Judge. Okay. And uh, they can also attend one of the 14 forums over the next two or three weeks. <laughs> Fantastic. 14 they're, forums. They're, they're Are every, these something that you're putting on? I'm not putting them on. I'm just going to be an attender. Okay. And Fantastic. so a lot of the different Republican lady groups are putting them on. Mm-hmm. Republican uh, parties putting them on. There are... Uh, and some uh, different organizations are putting on different forums throughout the county. Okay. Uh, so that's really the best way. Or they can just call me on the phone. Okay. And my personal phone number is on our website. Okay. If you dial that number, it does not go to a router. It goes to Billy Grass phone right there. Fantastic. So, Well, sir, I wish you luck. And uh, when is the primary? March 1st. March 1st. Yeah, and I believe early voting begins on Valentine's Day. Wow. It's God. not far. It's right around the corner. It's not far. Yeah. About six weeks. We have about six weeks of uh, campaigning left. Wow. Six crazy power-packed weeks of no sleep. <laughs> yeah, it happens really fast. It really does. Yes, sir. Well, sir, I appreciate you coming in. This was an enlightening com- uh, conversation, and uh, I learned a little bit. You know, yeah. I usually do. So... Guys, there you have it. Uh, Billy Graff running for Montgomery County Judge. So look him up. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on his website. Uh, Think about the things that he said today and make an intelligent choice when you go and pull that crank when you do your vote. So once again, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate your views. Appreciate the subscriptions. And look forward to seeing you in the next one. I'm Hank Vatt. This is Hank's Think Tank. And we're out.